Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Rap back where you at. What's going on? It's the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Jeff Rackley, but it is Wednesday, August 9th. Things are heating up, man. Fantasy football draft season is here. And on today's podcast, we're getting close to the end of this series. The San Francisco 49ers, what's going on at quarterback? Christian McCaffrey in that offense. Can Debo bounce back? Uh, we have Brandon Ayuk coming off a of breakout season. George Kittle. So much to talk about. Before I get into that, remember, if you want to win a free season of or year, not even season. It's a year of Fantasy Plus at FTNFantasy.com. I have an opportunity for you. It's really simple. All you have to do is review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rate it, and in your review, leave your Twitter handle or your Instagram if you're not on Twitter, and you are entered in to win. I'll pick another winner on Monday. We'll do a few more of these. The more reviews I get, the more winners I can do because the reviews have slowed down, I've noticed. Uh, so I've been told by the powers that be, if uh, they don't pick back up, I can't do more. So help us out here. Review the show. Uh, and really simple. It takes you 30 seconds. Do it in the Apple Podcast app. Even if you don't listen to the podcast on Apple, review it there. Really, really, really helps. Of course, ftnfantasy.com for a Fantasy Plus subscription. Promo code RADPAC gets you 10% off. We have cheat sheets galore to help you out with your fantasy football drafts. Uh, straightforward stuff, positional overall. My draft board also have the brand new tiers cheat sheet that a lot of people are loving. It's just my tiers on one sheet of paper, but it's like lined up nice and easy to use, easy to see it all. People really like that. And I've heard from some folks they are saying, well, I might just bring that to the auction as well. If you have like a salary cap style auction draft, so much more and you get it for 365 days, the discord community, the in-season stuff, the postseason stuff, the dynasty stuff, all of that. Fantasy plus promo code rat pack, 10% off. Also a quick shout out to our sponsor Circa, the presenting sponsor of today's show. The Circa millions contest is going down. It is Really challenging, but a lot of fun. Each week of the NFL season, you pick five games against the spread, any five of your choosing. And if you win this thing, you get a million dollars. Top 100, though, get payouts. So if you crack the top 100, you get a, you get your share of the, the prize pool. Uh, there are quarterly prizes as well. And if you finish in last place, you get $100,000. Finish in second to last place, $50,000. It pays to suck in this one. 
$1,000 answer you can enter up to five times. Enter in person in Vegas at Circa or one of the sister properties where you can use a proxy service if you're out of state. Registration now through September 9th, deadline of 2 p.m. on September 9th. Let's talk about these 49ers. Last year was a very good season for the team, 13-4 and in the regular season. The playoffs got cut short. Unfortunately, they had two quarterbacks who both got hurt against the Philadelphia Eagles. And no, Eagles fans, that's not saying. We don't know what would have happened if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, but that's the point. We'll never know. And that's that. Now, the NFL has changed the rules since then. Teams can carry an emergency third quarterback on game day. They can only come in if both the other two quarterbacks are hurt. It is thus an emergency, but... That will happen now as a result of that game and will play it out. It's an old rule that now has been brought back, essentially, in slightly different format. Anyway, uh, offensive coordinators Chris Forrester and Clint Kubiak, but we know Kyle Shanahan is uh, essentially the one calling the shots here. Not essentially, he is. In terms of key moves for this team, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's out. That's the only key move out. They brought in Sam Darnold. Not much other than that, to be honest with you. It's pretty straightforward. It's largely the team they had last year. Last year, this team was very efficient in the passing game and in the run game. Uh, They ran the ball at a clip of 4.68 yards per rushing play. That was 10th highest in the league. 7.9 passing yards per play. That was 4th in the league. Now, the team is very run heavy. They called a design run 46.8% of the time. Only three teams had a higher design run call, so that means only three teams called a passing play at a lower rate. So don't expect that to change much this year, which is obviously great for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, In terms of 11 personnel, they rarely used it 42.2% of the time. That was 30th in the league and actually didn't use much 12 personnel as well at 15.9%, 23rd in the league there. Uh, We know this is still going to be a very exciting offense, though, regardless. And what really, to me, is most intriguing about this offense, obviously Kyle Shanahan is is quite sharp, but the way that they put together these sort of positionless guys, like you think about uh, McCaffrey can play wide receiver if you wanted him to, play in the backfield. Debo can play in the backfield if you wanted to, obviously plays mainly as a wide receiver. You can move Ayuk around. You have Kyle Juszczyk who can do a number of different things for you. While George Kittle may not necessarily be positionless, he's an inline tight end. He's not your stereotypical inline tight end. You have all these guys who can get yak like crazy. You know, he can do it. Ayuk, Debo, McCaffrey. I mean, the team is so much fun. And not to mention, you have a number two running back who's pretty darn good in Elijah Mitchell. Like, that's a really good number two running back. Yes, he's a little banged up right now, but I'm not overly concerned. It's going to set up for a lot of fun football. And I guess the biggest question then is who will be under center? As of now, it does seem like it is Brock Purdy. He is listed atop the initial depth chart. Now, the initial depth chart really doesn't mean anything, but the expectation is he's on track for the start of the season. And in fact, they are listing both Trey Lance and Sam Darnold as the co-number twos, which to me will tell me one thing. I'm expecting to see one of them start in week one of the preseason and then the other guy start in week two of the preseason. I don't expect to see Brock Purdy in either of those games. We shall see, but that's where we are right now. Of course, the legend of Brock Purdy didn't even begin until week 13 last season. 
He took over as a starter over the final six weeks of the regular season, 10th among quarterbacks in passing yards, 1,308 passing yards, tied with Dak Prescott in passing touchdowns over that span with 13 of them. So not bad. Now, he was not pushing the ball vertically, average depth of throw of just seven yards per attempt, and I think that was largely by design, get the ball in these guys' hands, in stride, you know, sort of classic West Coast concepts there, let them do the damage after catch. The more important thing, and I think this is what will differentiate Purdy from Trey Lance and ultimately from Sam Darnold as well, it's who do, who who can run the offense the most effectively it's not who has the highest upside because there's upside all over the place on this roster McCaffrey Debo Ayu Kittle you don't need upside out of the quarterback necessarily now if you have it it makes it even better but who runs it more effectively who's going to allow Kyle Shanahan to essentially use the the video game controller uh the best and as of right now it does look like Purdy So is there much fantasy value in him? No, but I don't think there has to be. And he is going to spread the ball around. But, uh, I mean, obviously there's just so much appeal here in this offense. So he'll be a two-quarterback league option if he is officially back ready to roll. But that's about it with Brock Purdy. You know, think largely what we saw to Jimmy Garoppolo, who was also a two-quarterback league option when or super flex option when he was under center for this team. I think that's the expectations essentially we should have for Brock Purdy. Now let's talk about McCaffrey. He has said that getting this offseason in the offense as opposed to having to learn it halfway through the season, it really is going to open things up for him. He also said instead of things getting more complicated this year, he thinks it's going to be very simple, but the fact of the matter is that they'll be able to execute at such a high level. When you have a guy like McCaffrey that's a different dynamic. That's not a jag running back. That's a superstar running back. And so you can just do everything that much better. This is going to be a lot of fun. Last year, one of just two running backs to have over 100 targets, him and Austin Eckler. He has done that in four of his six NFL seasons. The other two were the seasons he was hurt. He played all 17 games last year after playing just 10 total in the previous two seasons. 300 touches, that was the third. He topped it for the third time in his six NFL seasons, 329 to be precise. That tied with Nick Chubb for fourth most in the league. Now, he was running more gap concepts early in the season in Carolina. That shifted to predominantly zone concepts in San Francisco. 72% of his carries with the 49ers last season were in zone. I want to be clear, though, that they don't run all zone. Like, if you're running against... If you're running outside zone and then you go up against a defense who's putting wide nine concepts and things like that against you, you're going to shift away from the outside zone because the outside zone is not going to work. So we will still see gap concepts and and other inside zone concepts uh, out of the 49ers. It's not like it's just exclusive outside zone. I know we often say outside zone, but it's not just exclusive. Uh, Yards after first contact. With the Panthers last season, it was at 3.44. That was in six games. Final 11 games with the 49ers, 2.61. But again, if you're being contacted a little bit further downfield, then maybe it's not the end of the world. (laughs) It's not really. It's going to be a lot of fun with McCaffrey. He's the de facto number one running back. You'll likely see him off the board in the first three picks in your one quarterback leagues. He'll go in the first round in Superflex as well, but he won't be a top three pick most likely. All right, let's talk about the wideouts, Debo, Brandon, Ayuk. 
Samuel was, it was a down year for him last year. After that really odd 2021 season, like he was fantastic in 2021, but it was odd because he had 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns, which is not replicable for him. He had more rushing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns. And this is a guy who had 77 catches for 1,405 receiving yards. That's rare. Last year, the receiving numbers came back to earth. 94 targets in 13 games, so he would have hit triple digits. 56 catches, but the yardage efficiency, he went from eight over 18 yards per catch back to 11.3. Now, that was more in line with what he did in 2020, his abridged 2020 season. So I would say the outlier is 2021. However, his efficiency can increase a little bit. One thing that I love about Samuel, he's a monster after catch. 8.9 yards after catch per reception, nearly two more yards than second place, 7.1 among wideouts. The challenge in 2021, his average depth of target was 8.7. Last year, it was 4.4, 4.3. So that essentially halves. And when you have that, it's great that you get yards after catch, but that's where some of that yards per reception went. That was the uh, lowest average depth of target among wideouts, qualifying wideouts last year, by the way. Um, lots of screens, 25 targets on screens, 27% of his targets came on screens. So, you know, again, a little bit, uh, oh, not even a little bit, a lot of get the ball in his hands and let him create. So that can lead to some volatility. He's going to continue to be used in the run game, but maybe not quite as much this year now that you have McCaffrey and then you have Elijah Mitchell back there. 42 carries for him last year was by far the most among running backs. Curtis Samuel was second in that uh, in that stat. But Samuel, poised for a bounce back, we look him in as a wide receiver too. Now Brandon Ayuk, sort of in a different realm, coming off a breakout season, first 1,000-yard season, 78 catches, 114 targets in 17 games. Uh, he saw one, or he averaged 1.91 yards per route run pretty efficient there as you get up close to 2.0 you're one of the more efficient wideouts in the league I, I do like again the yak 6.2 yards after catch per reception for Ayuk that's awesome like Shanahan puts these guys in in a position to succeed uh, primarily perimeter 76 percent of the time on the perimeter last season now in 2021 he had uh, 10 end zone targets. By the way, Debo gets like almost none. He had two in 2021 and three in 2022. But Ayuk, 10 in 2021. Last year, three. Now, George Kittle heavily paced the team with 11. Uh, and that's where Kittle gives you a little bit more juice than a lot of the other tight ends. But I'd love to see the red zone work increase for Ayuk. And that's where some volatility will come into play. Like, yes, he did have eight receiving touchdowns, but without that red zone work, it's hard to keep up that touchdown efficiency. So just tossing that out there. Let's move over to Mr. Kittle himself. I had him in a league that I won last year. Easy peasy down the stretch, right? He was a monster, but he was also, you know, he's efficient throughout the course of the season. Kittle is one who will get hurt. He doesn't play all 17 games. You know, he played eight in 2020, 14 in 2021, 15 last year. But still, when he's out there, he can be one of the best. 1.73 yards per route run. That was fifth among tight ends. 
That was actually the lowest number since his rookie season. <laughs> so he had 3.12 in 2019, which is ungodly good. He was one. He was the only tight end to see double-digit end zone targets last year. He had 11. He converted six of the 11 for touchdowns. And that's the thing with him. He has that touchdown ceiling that a lot of tight ends don't. He's not a classic 3-for-32 or 4-for-44 guy because he had 11 touchdowns. And again, if you think about it that way, tight ends a lot of times are only as good as the touchdowns they score. So if you score three touchdowns over the course of the season, you could say on average you're good in three weeks out of 17. 11 out of 17, much better. And I realize, yes, he had double, you know, uh, two touchdown days a couple times, but still, you get that with Kittle. He's a wheelhouse tight end for me. I love him this season uh, as one of those guys to target. Real quick on Elijah Mitchell, he is a handcuff for Christian McCaffrey. So if I draft Christian McCaffrey, here's what I do I look on my board, I find Elijah Mitchell, I move him up two, maybe even three rounds. For him, it'd probably be about two rounds. Depends on the guy. The deeper they are, the more I move him up just to make sure that I get him because that way I don't fall asleep at the wheel and not end up not handcuffing Christian McCaffrey. I want Elijah Mitchell. I want to make sure I have him because McCaffrey is a premium asset and I want, to ha- I want to have some insurance for that premium asset. Now, if I do roster the handcuff, in this case, Elijah Mitchell, guess what? I'm committing to the cuff and Elijah Mitchell is on my squad for the duration of the season. No matter what, no matter what. All right, that's the 49ers in the hopper. Coming up next is Seattle Seahawks. Geno coming off a breakout year, an interesting backfield. DK, Lockett, and Smith and Jigba. That's a fun squad right there, and it's always fun over at FTNFantasy.com. Promo code RATPACK for 10% off. Use that promo code, baby. If you want it for free, enter in to win. Review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Rate it. Leave your Twitter or Instagram in the review, and you're entered in to win. Picking a new winner on Monday. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, follow along with me there, and I'll be back on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.